You're listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast, episode 21. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer podcast. We're your hosts, Molly Watts and Angela McDade. We are here to help you build the habits of a happier, longer life, starting now. This episode is brought to you by the Five for Life Planner. Or if it makes you feel better, Five for Life Planner slash journal. <laughs> right. So you can go right now to fiveforlifeplanner.com and download a full PDF version of the Five for Life Planner slash journal. Yeah. And the Five for Life Planner is a great tool to get you going and check off every day these daily actions. One, move. Two, learn. Three, share. Four, give. And five, let go. Mm. Five daily actions all proven to increase longevity and improve overall quality of life and happiness. Yeah. So you can live happier longer. Yeah. Check it out, fiveforlifeplanner.com for your free PDF of the Five for Life Planner. Hey, Angela. Hey, Molly. How's it going? It is going well. Excellent. We are here, second week of January. Yeah. Ready to get to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we are talking this month about different ways of approaching a healthy diet. Yep. I am trying to get back to that. I I typically don't. I, I like take the, the holidays all the way through January 7th because that's my husband's birthday. So mm -hmm. for me, that's like the, the end. Mm -hmm. um, so, so does that mean you've still been eating all the cookies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, it does. Yeah. So now See, I, I don't even have that excuse. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, but you've been the, on the British baking. <gasps> yeah. We won't go there. You know, but it's been a lot and the, mm -hmm. and the donuts and it all. Yeah. Yeah. They were really good. Yeah. So anyway, I have been starting just over the last few days to start getting into a habit that I've had before and I really like it as a way of practicing healthy eating and that is intermittent fasting. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today with our guest, Deb Gutierrez, who is a holistic health coach. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, she's she's really she's stunning. Yeah. She's 57. She looks amazing. amazing. And... She just looks healthy and radiant, yeah. which I love. And her whole approach is, she says on her website, achievement is not what we crave. Fulfillment is where it's at. Yeah. So she really does approach this whole lifestyle thing from a holistic approach. But today, mm -hmm. we wanted to talk with her about her background in fitness and um, nutrition. Mm -hmm. And specifically, we're going to get into intermittent fasting and bio-individuality. Yeah. So let's go ahead and speak to Deb. Hey, Deb. Hi, Deb. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? Well, we are great. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, despite the fact that it's just about the, the most miserable kind of January day here mm -hmm. in Oregon, unfortunately, yeah, this time it's of year. It's not as windy as it's been, though. No. That's true. That is true. So, yeah, we're well. <laughs> yes, I know. I have a son who lives in Corvallis, so uh, oh, I have okay. there a little bit, and a daughter who used to go to the University of Oregon. So I've done yeah. both with Oregon schools. So. Yeah. Go Ducks. Me too. Go Ducks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we were just telling people in your introduction uh, that you are a holistic health coach. You have a background kind of in nutrition and science, and 
Um, you work with people to help them develop a healthier kind of overall approach to life, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. want to say diet. We've been talking about diet and I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about some of the things revolving around intermittent fasting and bio-individuality. Those are the big words that we're going to use today in terms right. of, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they're big words, but kind of talk about those things as they apply to it. But really just when you work with clients, what do you see as you're, you're, you come at it from, like I said, explain to me when you think of the word holistic or what is your, your drive in helping people with their approach to life? You know, it's interesting because I really look now, maybe because of being older, is I'm very much more passionate about we're living longer, but mm -hmm. how well are we doing that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really think that we need to experience aliveness, you know, really feeling totally vibrantly alive, no matter our age, and not accept a fate of ill health just because of our age or our family history ex exactly like with you Molly you know that you have the power of making changes in your daily living that will affect the outcome of your health into your 90s that being said so i look at it from a holistic perspective and it's everything right it's it's how we view the world it's our thoughts inside of our mind are we sleeping well mm -hmm. what foods are we nourishing our bodies with what's our stress level like and, um, you know, what, what, are, so that, that holistic thing. So it's everything, mm -hmm. you know, how we're breathing, how we're thinking, how we're sleeping, what we're eating, how we're moving and who are we connecting with all of those things. Just like you have those five for life. They yeah, just, all, it's like, you sort of just hit on all those, yeah, right? Every single one. <laughs> no wonder we want to talk with, with each other. Right. And <laughs> it's not in, in, because I come from a fitness background, a lot of us are so attached to wanting that perfect body, but that's not aliveness. So mm -hmm. that's sort of, hopefully that kind of makes sense on why I'm still doing and continuing to figure out the best ways to experience that as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your background. And I mean, so you've been doing uh, this kind of work for how long? I started I ran marathons in a long time ago in the 80s and 90s and went into triathlons. And so I did a lot of endurance sports and I was always that person who was so interested in sports nutrition specifically. Mm -hmm. So I was very self-taught though. I did not, I have a, I have learning challenges that really prevented me from going into getting a PhD in college. I did graduate from college, but I was studying nutrition and couldn't make it there. I learned really weirdly. And it's a really weird reading kind of challenge. You can call it dyslexia. It's on that spectrum, but whatever. Needless to say, move way past that. So I'm very self-taught in that regard when I was very physically active and doing marathons and triathlons. And so I've always stayed that realm and then in 2009, I became a, an actual personal trainer. And then from there, there's, I always noticed there was that missing piece. I could be with somebody in the gym for an hour a week to three hours a week, but what else was going on in their lives that had nothing to do with me on that day mm -hmm. so, uh, that I was working with them. And I just, I just really saw there was something missing. And so as I continued to learn more and more about nutrition, about aging 
better mm-hmm. and more and more about proper movement patterns, not just getting into the gym or running. I realized that there was all this other stuff missing. So that's when I went ahead and went into further health coaching nice. modules, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. It's along the same lines in terms of definitely our approach to aging and is very similar, um, not from the nutrition and, and fitness background, but just that whole idea that we are going to live longer, most likely. That that's just the, you know, the way that if, if, if you reach the age of 65, your average life expectancy today is another 19 years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like most of us, I mean, if you reach the age 65, most of us will see another 19 to 20 years. That's a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and there's no reason that those years have to be spent in decline. Exactly. And so we, we agree wholeheartedly with that. One of the things we are talking about January, you know, we, and as we mentioned to you prior to get starting on this recording, we have purposefully stayed away from diet recommendations in our protocol at Five for Life. We know that all of our five daily actions, move, learn, share, give, and let go, they're all proven, backed by science to Mm -hmm. increase longevity and improve overall happiness. And there are a lot of different recommendations that people make, and some of them have contradictory lines when yeah. it comes to a to, healthy to diet. diet. Yeah. So yeah. we've purposely stayed away. This month in January, we are focusing on different ways of achieving a healthy, a healthier diet. And, and just feeding your body in the best way to do it. Yeah. The best way to get nutrition. Mm-hmm. And we are presenting ideas that are not necessarily contradictory, but they do maybe contradictory, just because there are a lot of different evidence for why certain things do work and and they're all things to be learned. So that's why Mm -hmm. we're sharing this. We wanted to talk with you specifically because one of the things that I liked about things that I've seen from you and on your website, soulfullife.com, we'll link to all this in the show notes and your um, social media is bio-individuality and intermittent fasting. So Mm -hmm. let's talk first about bio-individuality and some of the reasons that we just, we had a brief conversation about this, about why that's important, especially as it relates to aging and what happened, you know, before the times when, I mean, people like my dad, who's going to be 91 here in just a couple of weeks, he grew up on a farm. He still, he eats eggs. He ate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of mm-hmm. homemade baked goods his whole life and he's, you know, 91. So yeah, he's here to, here to tell her to tell us all about it. Right. And I think too, with bioindividuality, what it comes down to is that it really is, there's, there's definitely, we all have different genetic dispositions. We all have different genes and some people can metabolize sugar better than others. Some people metabolize fat better than others. Some people can eat certain foods. Some people can't eat those certain foods. Kale might be good for one person and it really might not be good for another person. So how do you figure that out? Kind of some, comes time to a lot of experimentation. And then obviously if some people really want, they can get some DNA testing done. That's another whole ball game. So we know if in fact we all ate a little bit less every day and moved more, we might lose weight. That's like an old paradigm. But we all know that doesn't necessarily work 
because certain foods will respond differently to each person. We have different stress levels, so we need to figure out maybe why we eat a certain way when we're stressed, how it impacts our hormones. Our gut health, which you've briefly spoken to other people about, I believe, on this podcast as well, that'll have a big impact on how we metabolize food, certain foods. So that's where that whole bio-individuality comes from. And it does come down to kind of tweaking what's best for each person. Um, and it depends. All those factors depend. How much sleep are you getting? Because if you're not sleeping, hands down, if you're not sleeping well and you're trying to lose weight, they, it's almost virtually impossible. Mm. So that's something that some people may sleep well. We may not have to work on improving sleep patterns, right? But if we can work on improved sleep patterns, that's going to be a certain thing that's important to one person who doesn't sleep well versus somebody who does, right? Right. Uh, and it depends on where you're, you know, where if, you, if you're talking about weight loss or fat loss, you know, it, it, there's, there's different things. Where's you, where are you gaining fat? Are you someone who has an insulin um, instability? So it's all those things. I kind of kept going on and on, but that's basically no, that's why nice. you have to really dial in what's best for you as a person. Right. Yeah. Which is, and that, that's kind of one of the reasons, the reasons that we haven't focused on any particular dietary, you know, habits is because it is so individual. And for somebody who, you know, who eats five little meals a day, that works great. And one person who says, yeah, I'm only, I'm only eating two meals a day and it works great for them. And other people, that's just, that sounds like a nightmare, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's so, it's so individualized. And, and as that relates, we know there are people that are going to just, they, just like you said, it might be that you are one of those lucky people that you could eat French fries your entire life and make it to 90, you know, and that's just your bio processing, you know, yeah. we see these people there, they may be outliers, but for most of us, we're going to do better, especially now you, we had an interesting conversation about the, cause you know, all of us, the, the people that are aging, the baby boomers, right? We grew up in an era in the 60s and the 70s where all of these conveniences were coming about, right? Mm -hmm. All of these packaged foods, these processed foods, the TV dinners, the TV dinners. Yeah, right? The microwave oven, all of this, the the junk food. I mean, it really started to hit just full throttle when we were growing up. Our parents never ate like that when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they there wasn't <laughs> top ramen, you know, that just didn't exist. No, if you think about what your maybe your grandmother would say, right? Our grandmothers would say, or you know, our mothers, whatever, you know, eat your breakfast, which we're gonna talk a little bit about intermittent fasting, which now we might prolong that breakfast, mm -hmm. but you know, eat your vegetables. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, and she hated you, you don't snack before dinner. No snacking mm -hmm. before dinner. Right. Like, so that was the basic premises. We didn't we didn't then everything was in the freezer and we'd come home and either stick it in a toaster or the microwave. And there was always this abundance of all of a sudden highly palatable foods that weren't real foods. Yes. Snacks, yeah. snacks in general, that, that probably wasn't a thing at all. 
It really wasn't. And, you know, I just spoke a little bit about this today because I coming from the fitness, a fitness background, you know, in the fitness world or bodybuilding world. Now for those, especially if that, that's not necessarily our audience, but that's where it kind of premised where we should be eating four to six meals constantly a day. You, oh, you should eat every two to four hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I was one of those people who would say that's beneficial, mm-hmm. but we kind of know now that doesn't give your body a break of trying to digest food. It, it's really hard for the body, especially as we age. Yeah. And I wonder about that. Do you see this, Deb? I mean, I, I think it's pretty common, uh, or at least to me, it seems common that women, I mean, and potentially men too, but women, especially once they hit menopause, I mean, there's, it's women struggle with weight retention and weight loss after they hit menopause. I don't, is that, I mean, am I just making that up or is it real? You know, it, no matter what our, our body fat percentage, the amount of fat we have in our body does increase as we get older. Part of that is a protective mechanism. Okay. So with a higher body fat percentage, it makes it your metabolism kind of slows down, right? Because you don't have as much muscle mass as you used to when you were younger. So therefore, yes, our metabolism slows down and yes, it does make it harder. That's why I'm a huge proponent of lifting something heavy, right? Doing some kind of resistance training, but that will help with that piece of the metabolism and hormones dictate our metabolism. So whether it's insulin, which is the, you know, what gets released from the pancreas, right? It's, we can't, we can't, um, that, you know, with that resistance of insulin, if we're overusing it, if we get at risk for type two diabetes, um, insulin cortisol, which is the stress hormone, we have natural cortisol that we need, but if there's an excess of it, that's going to help keep belly fat in for sure. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that crazy, like stressed out sense. But if we're just feeling a little bit more anxious about things, that's stressful. If we're eating in a state of in a rush, that's stressful. So these are in ways to increase our cortisol. And then the other two hormones are hormones that have to deal with knowing when we're hungry and knowing when we're full. And if we can't tap into those, which can happen. Um, I think that based upon overeating too many snacks or whatever and other foods that will also affect our fat loss or fat gain, no matter our age, but um, it's something that, that, you know, we know, we know more about as we're getting older. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, especially we, I think you probably know, and we've talked to Phyllis Lerner uh, at Follow Phyllis, who's going to be 67. She's a bodybuilder still, mm-hmm. or, or weightlifter, you know, and the whole lifting weights is yeah, just it, that muscle mass, muscle mass is mm-hmm. so incredibly important as you age as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about why intermittent fasting is so important in terms of not only calorie restriction, but the benefits of intermittent fasting for just, digestion yeah, suppose. Just overall, yeah, just yeah. I know because there's more than just there's more to it than just the calorie restriction. There's a lot. And so just so you guys, I think, and I think you you we we touched on this. It's an ancient practice, basically. It's not a diet, number one. 
it is a way of restricting calories and I'll kind of get to that because you're you're eating in a shorter window frame. Mm -hmm. But the benefits are it, it will boost your immune system. It's protective for our brains or so it's neuroprotective. It is excellent for our cardiovascular health so it's cardioprotective and it has huge I hate this word anti addictions I hate. I don't love the word anti-aging, but it obviously is beneficial for a healthy lifespan. Well, yeah. mm -hmm. And they've shown there, I mean, this is like, I've read the science on this. They've done it with rats and they've actually proven the rats there. When you yeah. say they, they literally show better biomarkers, like anti-aging, you know, like mm -hmm. the younger biomarkers when they restrict yeah. their diets. So it's, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so when you tell people if, and yes, most people are interested in losing belly fat. So that's going to be a huge one because it enhances a hormone function that will facilitate weight loss, right? And that is that, sorry, I, it you know, will let us know properly when we're really hungry and it will let us know when we're really full. It helps with mm -hmm. that, right? It will drop insulin levels if they're elevated, right? Due to the fact that you're going to be turning into, you're going to be using fat for fuel more than your sugar stores. So it helps you become more of a fat burner than a sugar burner. Because if you're burning sugar all the time, you that's when you you're going to demand to be you're going to want to be hungry again because you're just going to use it and use it and use it. Um, it helps. One of the really great benefits for an aging pur purposes is what's called autophagy, and that is just cellular repair. It it literally removes waste from these powerhouse cells in our body so that our bodies can literally function better from a total standpoint, which is why it also helps with our brain health. Um, it will, oh, it's good for, as I mentioned, immune boosters. So it will strengthen your immune system. It reduces oxidation, which is um, inflammation, mm -hmm. right? Which is another big one. I think yep. inflammation period is really why we have so many health problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just like so many diseases. I mean, yeah. people don't yeah. see, you know, basically almost every disease that that is a problem. Yeah. That's aging the root. Is, yeah. Inflammation that's the root is the root problem. Yeah. Yeah. It is the root. And so um, it will reduce oxidative stress, therefore re reduce inflammation, which also can help them decrease all your risks for a multitude of diseases. And it controls the insulin, like I said, it just helps us age slower. And it's remarkable because you have more energy. You'll have more energy. When you have more energy, you want to do more, right? It will help you sleep better. And so the question kind of ends up being for people was, how does it work, right? Yeah, um, I, was, I was just gonna say, so yes, I this, this is something that there's a lot of, again, uh, when I was in studying this and I did do this for a while, the recommendations are pretty broad in terms of the minimum number of hours that you need to fast, the number of, et cetera. So, it, or it, I shouldn't say that they, they vary, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what do right. you And there's different the, ways of doing it, right? Yeah. So for instance, there are a few people who probably cannot have a fasting protocol. And that's somebody, in all honesty, if somebody has... Um, disordered eating, if someone has a true anxiety disorder and or a few other factors and your healthcare provider would know that, right? Mm -hmm. But, and it's really not recommended in those, in those circumstances. So what is a great way to start really honestly is just to extend 
your breakfast from, if you can, to a minimum of 12 hours, okay? And that's one way to start. So it's also more beneficial not to eat late at night, which is really hard for people with families. And so I'm not disregarding that, but if we can stop our eating in the evening by 6 p.m., that's great. Because it's pretty easy, I think, for most people then to wait even 14 hours to like 8 a.m. to start eating again, you know, to have their first meal the next day. But it doesn't really matter what time right now. The point is you can do 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. I usually have people start if they're really uncomfortable with just the 12 hours mm-hmm. for a few days. Then the next day, try 13 hours. Then a few days later, 14 to try to get to that 16 hour mark. That's kind of maybe the magic um, for a lot of people. Some women in particular, this is the other thing, really can't go beyond that. And there are some, some, some theories out there and some studies out there that show it might not be as beneficial for some women. It's one of those things where you have to just try it yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think it has to do with hormones for the most part. Uh, But if you can do that 16 hour window, that's for the intermittent fasting. Like if you're doing it daily, really Mm -hmm. is the magic thing to really help with the growth of neurons that will help our brains um, against some oxidative damage. It really is that one thing that will really start to put you in that fat burning mode where we can really help decrease some of that belly fat. Those things will help. And then the one, I'm just going to touch on one more thing on that, is one more really great way to just really clean out the junk in our cells is if people can throw in a one day a week, 24-hour fast, it will re- and then the rest of the week, they might not even necessarily have to do the intermittent fasting protocol 16-8, but it really can also do a lot of cellular repair, fat, help with some fat loss, help with overall metabolism. If it's slower, it'll kind of help increase that. And that's another benefit. People always say, I can't imagine not eating. <laughs> well, this is the thing, though. It t- also helps you be really aware of the power food may have on our brain when we think we're hungry, and it's amazing when you can kind of get past that, how you realize it really might not have been that hard. And for those people who are older, how many of you have had to prepare for a colonoscopy? You know what? You don't eat for 24 to 48 hours, and we do okay. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah you figured it out. I yeah. know. Yeah. Wasn't, I just, that wasn't that long ago for me and it was not, it wasn't pleasant, but it was doable. Really more not, the the not eating part wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was the other, it's the the other prep that's not this pleasant. I hope that was a little helpful and shed a little light. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Mm -hmm. So I have a question about the whole, so what's allowed if you're in a fasting period, right? If it, if you're trying to extend that fast to 16 to 16 Mm -hmm. hours, so you get up at 8 a.m. and it's been, you know, you you haven't eaten for 14 so, well, hours. So most people, though, if you think about it, most people are starting work 8 or 9. So really, realistically, you're getting up. Yeah, you're getting earlier. up. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're up, you're up at 6. You're mm-hmm. up, yeah. You, you ate, last year, ate your last meal at 6. You're up at 6 again. You're trying to extend that fast, say, for another two hours. Can you drink coffee? 
Oh, good question. I, <laughs> I, so I, I need I, to know. <laughs> I, drink, I, drink black, I drink black coffee. Yes. Okay. I drink black coffee. And there is the controversy here on what breaks your fast and what doesn't. There are some who say black coffee will break your fast because it does, because it will increase your the cortisol. So when I'm talking, I'm simply talking real food, you know, and mm, all right. I, there are some people who put MCT oil in their coffee. I think that breaks your fast. I'm, even though you'll use fat for fuel, I'm, I'm, it's still, it's still calorically dense. So mm -hmm. I say personally, I say no. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, coffee's fine as long as it's black. Nessie and I've yeah. heard 50 calories or below. So people like say that they can yeah. drink their coffee with, with a cream, you know, with a cream in it because milk. it's not mm -hmm. 50 calories. So they can, that, yeah. that isn't breaking your fast, but I don't it, know if that's true or not. It breaks your fast. It does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just, yeah, like it yeah. does. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, someday I'm going to, because it will affect your insulin levels. So yeah, we, you have to process something. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does, it breaks the fast. So is it, you can drink, but obviously water, tea, any of the clear, you know. Oh yeah. Well, my first recommendation, first and foremost, hands down, besides working on people with their sleep, First thing you need to do every single morning when you wake up and get out of, out of bed is you're drinking okay. 12 minimum ounces to 20 ounces of water. First and foremost, above all else, the rest of your day, you can, at least, you can say to yourself, I had a great day, no matter how bad, quote unquote, your day might have seemed. If you drank that water, you accomplished something really good for yourself all day long. And I, I, I mean, I will put my foot in the ground over and over again on that one. Drink your water. My husband is like, yes, I had 20 ounces of water this morning. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. So, but it's, that it's, you know, and that's, so it, and I mean, we talked a little bit, I think with Lisa King about this, about the, about releasing toxins and why water, you know, is mm -hmm. that's good for you, but also just, I mean, hydration and all, mm -hmm. I mean, all of us know, and it's, it's simply, Simply put, most people do not get enough water. Mm -hmm. So, um, but but also the all the you know the benefits of it, it fills your belly. Yeah. is one thing. It it puts something in your stomach that fills you up. Yeah, so it'll help well, with that, mm -hmm. extending and that fast. And most people, same thing in the afternoon. If you think you're hungry or whatever, yeah, I'd say you're actually thirsty. Yeah. And what to break your fast with? So this is the other thing: is when you when you. When you're going to eat, and it is challenging for people, I will say, let's say people are getting up and going and going to their job and they, maybe they'll work out or whatever and that's fine, but, and they, they're ready to eat at 10 o'clock. It may not be a very conducive environment for them to have their first meal at 10 a.m. So mm -hmm. that can be another challenge. And so I work with people on figuring out, well, maybe we, you know, Maybe that, that isn't going to work for you. Or that's when food preparation comes into play, but we're not going to go down mm -hmm. that rabbit hole. But, you know, it, it does help if you can make stuff that you can take to work in at least. But you also have to have a pretty good-sized meal at that point in time because you may not eat again for six hours, and that might mm -hmm. be your other big meal. Mm -hmm. uh, so. That's an interesting, we um, talked about, mentioned to you, and we've did a whole podcast on blue zones. And one of the things, the Seventh-day Adventists who have historically had a lot of people that live to very old over, age, yeah. over a hundred, mm -hmm. they're very big on the one meal a day 
like literally like they may only have a reasonable size meal at 10 a.m. and then they have one big meal at 4 p.m. Their, their lifestyle is almost this, is, has been intermittent fasting. Just like you said, it's an ancient practice. I think that they, you know, it's an example of just, that's a part of their culture and it obviously mm-hmm. must have something to do with the reason that they live so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say that and because they aren't vegetarians. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a, it's hard to say, you know, on that one, it's a, it's a combination. It's a weird, they're, they're a weird blue zone because of where they live in right. basically Los Angeles. I mean, it's yeah. kind of interesting. So, uh, but it is, it is interesting because the, I also think for, for me personally, how much food would you eat in one sitting and wouldn't you have a stomachache? I don't know. That would be me. Yeah. But. Yeah. I don't know. I, but, but then there's the, if you think of the European, like they take two meals at two hours to eat a meal. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, you probably do consume a lot more food than you would, you know, yeah. trying to throw it in, you know, in 20 minutes. Well, so yeah. again, it's, it's all about how you get that food into you. I think that's a really, you know, the, the, we're not on this topic, mm-hmm. but the whole, the whole idea of slowing down and eating more slowly, I mm-hmm. think is again, part of, you know, a, a better, healthier diet as well, because it, it, we are so often just on the run and cramming things in our mouths, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, yeah, I can't, we can't, we can't, we cannot, and we will not digest our foods if we're in uh, stress mode, right? If mm-hmm. We, we literally rest and digest is why mm-hmm. they call that, you know, part of the nervous system, rest and digest or fight or flight. We, you can't, and that's unfortunate. We've gotten, and I'm even guilty. I mean, I'll walk around the house and eat and I'm thinking, well, I'm not paying attention to what I'm eating. I'm not breathing mm-hmm. before I'm eating. I'm certainly not digesting my food. I mean, it's just impossible, which will increase, you know, will slow down our metabolism. It, we will not digest our food. It'll, we will gain that belly fat again. And it doesn't help us as we get older for certain. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the, about like a 16, eight kind of intermittent fasting. Are there, and, and then the benefits also of maybe doing one 24 hour fast during the week and what that might look like. It is, is how about broth? Is that something that's like considered? Oh, bone, bone broth is a great way. Like during, let's say a 24 hour fast for people who really are like, just can't do water only or really are nervous about starting out that way. Mm-hmm. Benefits are, I, we can, I still say have tea, decaf teas, preferably green tea is great. You know, I will have a cup of black coffee still, even though that really probably isn't a true 24-hour fast even, but the green tea is great. And bone broths, they're just so good for our gut. And it really does still help with that. It's really not going to throw us off of that 24-hour fast. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great way to, great way to um, try a 24-hour fast. And it does, it kind of helps get some of those toxins out of your body and, benefits, all the things we, we kind of mentioned before. And I actually, when I was doing it, I was doing a five, two fasting, which was basically like uh, five days of a relatively normal diet. And then two days of very restricted, like 500 calories on those two days. And really with 500 calories, you basically end up doing like a 20 hour fast and a four hour eating window where you're, you know, cause you can't 500 calories, you, you know, you couldn't eat that's you could eat 500 yeah. calories pretty quickly in a day. Yeah. So you, you just, it, most people 
extended that time, you know, just ate one meal a day when doing that kind of fasting. Um, and it was, it was very interesting. It was very, I mean, definitely uh, what I think and you mentioned it briefly earlier, increased energy. And what I found is after I got into the habit of doing it, I felt like my brain was working at a much quicker pace while I was in a fasted state. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the big benefits that most people will, will say about it really, how, why it does that. And it, it is, once again, it's that cleaning out of other things, right? In our brain, it helps our brain just clean out some of the gut, come of the gunk. And so we can just think more clearly because it, we're not in that constant digestion stage, which is taking brain work mm -hmm. to digest, right? right? So that's part of it. And that's fasting mimicking diet you're talking about, right? It was called 5-2 intermittent. And then, yeah, yeah. They, you know, it, uh, they actually had a great uh, online forum free just and people around the Perfect. world. So it was very interesting. Very, very yeah. fun. De you know, and, yeah. And you're increasing human growth hormone when you're doing that also, which is our natural, our body's natural ability to keep us younger mm -hmm. uh, and keep our metabolism working well and keep our brains thinking more clearly, all of that. So mm -hmm. that's another benefit of that. Yeah. Well, and you know, we are on video so that we can see you when we talk. We don't have a video of you showing that people will see your pictures. If you're, I mean, we, will you share how old you are now? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm 57. Yeah, I mean, and I know it, it is interesting. And I think, and I will say, honestly, part of it is genes. But yes. I, so you're I, lucky, you mean? You're, yeah. My father died relatively young of skin cancer, which, but he was super, super healthy. But he looked younger. I mean, he just, you know, so some of it, it's, I think, genetic for sure. However, I still think like I have that natural HGH levels are pretty high, I believe, because of just moving weights again and trying to, you know, eat, eat well. So mm -hmm. just, it is what I, is who well, I it's, am. It's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's working. Thank so. you. <laughs> um, we're probably at that time where um, let's tell people how they can connect with you and where they can find you. So online, it's soullife.com, but it's soul like the sun. Yes, it's soul like the sun, S-O-L-F-U-L-life.com. And it's the sun because I love the sun, but also because of light, of energy, of uh that kind of thing. So that's kind of where that comes from. Nice. And soulfullife.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Deb G Health and Facebook Deb, Deb Gutierrez or Deb Gutierrez. And I have, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's where awesome. you can find me. Perfect. And we will and link I, to. And I love talking to people. So, you know, I love answering questions, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. We will, like I said, we'll link to all that in our show notes so people can connect with you. I love that we were able to share information on intermittent fasting, bio-individuality, and just, you know, I love your approach to abundant health yeah. and life, which I think is one of your sayings yes. too. Yeah. So we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and educate our audience a little bit more on the benefits of it. And just thanks again for talking with us. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I mean, I, 
I was really, I don't know, just like in awe and touched. And so I really, I really, really appreciate your time and your effort and your work that you both are doing to just, you know, kind of help us all live like that. Like I said, experience aliveness and those five pillars are really key, right? That connection and everything else. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. Deb, thanks. And appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I'll see you somewhere. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast. Now it's time to move, learn, share, give, and let go. Five daily actions to make the rest of your life the best of your life. See you next week.